What's up, everybody? My name is Shane Kohler, and this is The Conscious Love Show. Thanks so much for joining me here, where each week I'm sharing true-to-life insights and experiences from my journey and how I've created the loving and committed partnership I have today. I answer your questions and have live discussions with you so I can support you in your specific situation. And I bring in experts and people who know their stuff so we can all learn from their perspectives. Thanks again for checking out the show. Please subscribe on whatever platform you listen to podcasts on the most. And I would love it so much if you'd leave a review and tell people what you think of us. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at The Living Relationship to connect more closely. And I'm grateful to be supporting you on your journey to love. Okay, welcome everybody. Welcome to another episode of The Conscious Love Show. Shane Kohler here. Uh, Always an honor and a privilege to be here with you today. This is my first week back recording live. I've I've had a couple weeks off as I was sharing earlier. I, um, I went to Bimini in the Bahamas and I was swimming with wild dolphins for a week and that was that was an epic adventure. Let me tell you, like that was, I got to say, like top three experiences of my life. You know, the dolphins are just um, such magical creatures. And I think they really represent to us like a way that we could live if we if we lived with enough love and less fear. But that's that's a little bit of another topic. Maybe I'll put up a post about that on Instagram. But um yeah, it was it was an amazing, amazing journey, and um, I got a lot from it. You know, definitely filled my cup and inspired me, and and I'm excited to be back and and jumping into another live podcast with you today. Today's episode, what I what I really want to speak into is the idea of change. And I was just uh, talking to people on Instagram before I started recording here, and I was saying that you know life is constantly changing. Like you as an individual are constantly changing. Your body is constantly changing. Your ideas are constantly changing. Your perceptions are constantly changing. If you're dating someone, they are constantly changing. You know, if if you're in a relationship, the relationship is constantly changing. And life itself is not a stagnant thing, right? Life itself is, is a constant evolution. Things are constantly evolving. New things are coming into being. Old things are being let go of. And... I think life as a whole recognizes this, right? Like life as a whole kind of recognizes this, but human consciousness, we might recognize it in a conceptual way, right? We might conceptually be able to look at it and say like, okay, well, I can see that things are always changing, but in in our subconscious and a lot of times in our bodies, we are in a, a relationship of resistance to that change. And... I want to start today by really talking a little bit about the ego. And I think it's been a little while since I've really spoken in detail about the ego. Some of you have been with me for a while. You may have heard me speak about the ego, but I I haven't really talked about it in detail in a while. And I want to speak about it today because the first thing I want to say is it's, it's just so important that you're aware that you have an ego. And that you are are to some degree aware of what it is and how it operates. Now, you don't have to be a psychologist about it. You don't, you don't have to, you know, you don't have to know every little intricacy of it, but just in general to be aware that like you have an ego and to have an awareness of what the ego's agenda is and how it operates and why it operates that way. Because 
the way it really works, like when I talk about the ego, what I'm really talking about is we have a kind of an imposter in our minds. And most of us are being bombarded with thoughts constantly. Most of us are being bombarded with ideas and fears and uh, opinions and perceptions and all like all this stuff. And it's just constantly being flooded into our minds. And most of us assume that all of our thoughts are our own, right? We assume that every thought that goes through our mind belongs to us. And I'm going to introduce an idea that might be surprising for a lot of you is that most of the thoughts that go through your mind are actually not your thoughts. Now, I know that's even a weird idea, right? When I say that, you might be like, what the hell does that mean? Like the thoughts that are going through my mind are not my thoughts. Well, I want you to think about it, okay? When, when we are very, very young, and there are different schools of thought around this, some people think that the ego is something that we are born with, that it, it existed before we were even born, and it just, it just uh, you know, it, it's part of like what we bring in with us. Some people tend to say that it develops as a result of our human life, right? It, it's, a, it's a part of growing up in this world. We develop an ego, and I don't really think it matters either way. Like personally, I just tend to talk about it as though it's something we develop in this life. If we take it with us, if it's with us when we're born, then so be it. But I don't really think it matters one way or the other. I think what, what's important is to recognize that it's here now, right? And what's important is to recognize that it is a deeply ingrained aspect of ourselves. And when we talk about raising consciousness or we talk about, I don't love this word, but enlightenment or, um, you know, like any, any version of raising consciousness or becoming more aware, what we're really talking about is undoing the ego. We're really talking about releasing the hold that the ego has on our mind so we can experience a greater perception of life. We can experience a greater perception of ourself. We can start to be informed by our authenticity rather than being informed by our fear. And when I'm talking about the ego, I'm basically talking about the part of you that holds all of your fear. And so when I said earlier, I said that, you know, most of the thoughts that are going through your mind are not your thoughts. So what do I mean by that when I say that, right? Well, if we look at what the ego is, and the ego is something that from the time you were very, very little has responded to fear. And so maybe the first time you experienced fear was when you were being birthed right? And you were, I've often spoke about this, how we go from like this safe, warm, comfortable environment in our mother's womb, where all our needs are met immediately, where we are held, where we are in perfect comfort, where we are provided for, where there is no concern, there is no doubt, there is no worry. And then all of a sudden something starts happening and the muscles are contracting and we're being forced, you know, through this small hole that, you know, like our head barely fits through. And it's like, we're, there's pressure and there's noise and our mother is screaming and like, you know, all you've ever known up until that point in your life was being held in this warm and comfortable womb. And then, and then all of a sudden you're being forced out. And again, there's noise and it's cold and there's light. And it's just like so much. It's a, it's a very jarring, it's a very shocking experience. So maybe, maybe your birth was the first time you experienced fear. And, you know, who knows what it was like when you were growing up, but, you know, some of you may have grown up in a very abusive household, in a very toxic environment. Some of you may have grown up with parents who were not abusive or overtly harmful, but maybe they were just kind of helpless. 
Maybe they just really didn't know how to take care of you, right? And so because of that, you were often neglected or you were often, your needs weren't met or, and there are all different variations of this. Some of you might've grown up in a very loving home, but even if you grew up in a loving home, that doesn't mean that you never experienced fear right? Like even, even the parents who loved us and, and did their best made a lot of mistakes. And, and I don't want to get too much into all of this, but what I want to get at here is that from the, from basically the moment you were born and throughout your entire life, you've been experiencing fear. And there's a part of your mind that is very, very hypersensitive to fear. And that part of your mind is what I'll call the ego. And so what the ego has done throughout your entire life is it has had, like, if you imagine, if you, if you put on a pair of glasses that could only see the negative, that could only see what could go wrong, that could only see suspicion and how are they going to hurt me? And am I going to be left alone? Am I going to be forgotten? Am I, am, am I going to be cold? Am I going to be like, are my needs not going to be met? Am I going to be abandoned? Like it, imagine putting on a pair of glasses that only can see those things in life. Well, that's basically what the ego is. The basically, or excuse me, the ego basically has no awareness of any aspect of life that is good, that is loving, that is safe, that is peaceful, that is kind, right? And it's not, it's not that the ego is against these things. It's just not wired to be present to them. The ego is wired to be present to the things that are scary, the things that can hurt you, the things that could cause you pain, the things that could wound you, right? And so what the ego does is from the moment you're born and throughout your childhood and then into adult life, the ego is constantly on guard for anything that is scary, dangerous, hurtful, and so on. And... What the ego does is it collects information. And so as it's been experiencing these things that are scary and hurtful and painful and all of this, it's constantly collecting information from all of these experiences. And what it's trying to do is it's trying to put together a formula in your mind that will prevent you from ever being hurt again. And this is like, uh, if you really look at yourself, you will see this you will see how you have been trying to somehow find this perfect solution to get life in such a way that everything is good and nothing ever hurts you and nothing ever bothers you and you get what you want all the time and you feel great about it and you're always happy and you always feel good. Like most of us, it has never occurred to us that that's actually impossible, right? Most of us, it hasn't occurred to us that it's, it's doesn't, it will never actually work to get life to that place where everything's good all the time. We feel great all the time. We're perfectly comfortable. Like that's never going to happen. That is an impossible thing. It's an impossible idea. It's an impossible attempt. And the ego is constantly convincing us or trying to convince us that it can be done. And so uh, A Course in Miracles, and I've often spoken about A Course in Miracles, a Course in Miracles says that the motto of the ego is seek and do not find, right? So if you think about that, like the ego is constantly sending you on a mission that cannot be completed. The ego is constantly telling you, do this, do that, send this text message, call this person, say this thing, behave in this way, on and on and on and on and on. And it's constantly telling us that somehow, some way we can resolve all the complications of life to get life in a certain way where we want it and we feel good about it and we're happy all the time and nothing ever bothers us. 
and it tells you to seek out relationships for this purpose. It tells you to seek out careers for this purpose. It tells you to make like decisions in every domain of your life, all trying to tie life up in a neat little box where everything fits and everything feels good. Now, as I said, that's impossible, but the ego is trying to convince you to do this. Now, I would say we're all in different places with this. So some of us have done a lot of work, we've developed a lot of awareness, we've had a lot of breakthroughs, maybe we've done coaching or therapy or different things, and we've, we've learned not to associate or identify so closely with the ego. So there's, there's some space between, I could say, like my authentic self and the ego, right? And then there are some of us who really have no awareness of our authentic self because our consciousness is completely dominated by the ego, right? So the ego fears change. And you've probably heard it. I mean, it's one of those things that's very commonly said is that people fear change, right? People resist change. Nobody likes change, right? This is something that's very common in our collective consciousness, right? It's, it's this, these are things that are said often. And the reason that, quote, nobody likes change is because our egos don't like change. You see, change goes absolutely against everything the ego is trying to do. The ego tells you that if you can just keep things how they are, everything will be great. And like, I want you to look at how destructive this really is because like how many of us have stayed in toxic, destructive relationships way longer than we were supposed to. Like if you've ever done that, no shame here, we're all friends, right? We're, we're all just being honest about life here, right? There's, there's no shame in this. But if you've done that, if you've stayed in a toxic or a destructive relationship longer than you know you should have, I just want you to tap that heart a few times. And I'll bet everybody's going to be tapping that heart, right? There's probably not a single person here who's not tapping that heart, right? Because we've all done this. We've all done this. And why do we do this, right? Why do we do this? Why do we hang on to things that don't serve us? Why do we hang on to things that are not in our highest good? It's because the ego, the fear-based part of our consciousness is constantly trying to like put the brakes on life. It's like, if I can just keep things the way they are now, and maybe it says, I just need to adjust this a little bit, right? If I could just get them to be a little bit nicer to me, or if I could just fix X, Y, Z problem, right? But it's like, it's like, I don't want things to change in a big way. Like I don't actually want to let the person go. I just want to make them better. I just want to make them more what I want. I just want to make this relationship more what I want, but actually uh, accepting that this person is toxic and damaging and I should not have them in my life. No, I won't go that far because I need to keep them because I fear change. And what we're talking about today, like this conversation of change is such a powerful conversation because I, I, I want everybody to really get this. Life is constantly evolving to bring you everything you want in life. And some of you won't even believe me when I say that, right? Some of, some of you think, oh, that's bullshit. That's just some woo-woo fairy shit, like whatever. It's true. 
It's true. Life is constantly evolving to bring you everything you want in life. And some of you may not believe me. And if you don't believe me, I'll tell you why you don't believe me. It's because you are so ingrained within your own ego and you are so resistant to change that you haven't given life enough opportunity to show this to you. Now that's a tough truth right there, right? That you are so ingrained in your ego and you are so resistant to change that you haven't given life enough space to actually prove this to you. So what do I mean by that? Well, I mean that if you were to willingly accept change and accept it quickly, if you were willingly allowing your life to change quickly and rapidly and you were flowing with the change and there was no resistance to it and you were evolving along with the change, right? What would happen is you would constantly level up. Your perception of life would be constantly evolving. Your perception of yourself would be constantly evolving. You would constantly see things in a new way and experience things in a new way and feel differently about things. You would constantly be challenging your beliefs from the past. And with each belief that broke apart and fell apart, your awareness would open up into a more expansive view of life. And if you could roll with every change like that, if you could like open your heart and willingly allow every single change to happen without resistance, you would constantly level up and your life would just get better and better and better and better and better. But that's not what we do. And that's not what we do because what we do is we dig our heels in and we say, no, I don't want it to change. And oh, I knew within the first three months that this guy was toxic, but I stayed with him for three years. Well, that's three years. I want everyone to really get what I'm about to say. That's three years that you could have been leveling up. Three years that you could have been expanding. Three years that you could have been allowing life to bring you new, more fulfilling, and new exciting experiences. And you did not allow that to happen because you hung on to that destructive relationship that never should have spent more than a few months in your life anyway. Now, I know that's a tough truth, right? That's a tough truth. And I want to be clear. I'm not saying this to blame anybody. I've done it. We've all done it. Okay. I'm not, I'm not saying this to point the finger and say, Oh, look at you. You fucked it all up. That's not what I'm doing. What I'm doing is I'm bringing awareness to this. So you don't do it again. Because life is inherently good. And you are inherently good. And you are intimately connected to life itself, right? Like you're not, we, we view ourselves and this is the ego's view of us, right? And this is why I say we have an imposter in our minds. We have an imposter in our consciousness because there is, there is a part of us that is rooted in fear, that is constantly on guard, that is constantly afraid to let things go, that is constantly afraid to allow change to take place in our life, that is constantly holding on to the past out of fear. And this imposter in our minds is selling us ideas about life and selling us ideas about ourselves that are not true. And so 
what happens is the ego is constantly telling you not to allow the change to happen. You see, the ego is constantly telling you that change is bad, that change is scary, that change is dangerous. Like, yes, this person's toxic and they're hurting you, but it's better than being alone. And the ego will tell you, how long did it take you to find this person? How long did this, it take for this person to come into your life? And if you have to wait that long again, it might never happen. And the ego will tell you, connections like this are so rare. It's so hard to make a connection like this with someone. And the connection you have is so special. And you just can't let it go because it was so hard to find. And this is all the bullshit that the ego tells you. Trying to cling to the past. Trying to cling to a version of yourself that you used to be. And cling to an external reality that reflects the person that you used to be. I know that's deep, right? I know that's deep. But you've got to understand, and this is me for a lot of years, okay? I've, I've, had, I've had relationships about as toxic as they get. I've been in situations as destructive as can be, okay? So like I, I've been there. And when I was in those relationships, right? When I was in a toxic or destructive relationship, when I was being toxic and destructive in relationships, right? When I was in that place, when, when my personal identity, the way I saw myself, the way I felt about myself, what I believed was true for myself, all of this stuff, right? When I was in that place, relationships could only show up for me as a reflection of that place, right? So what do I mean here? If I feel that I'm not worthy, if I, and, and by unworthy, like most people don't sit around and go, oh my God, I'm so unworthy. Some people do, but most people don't sit around and do that. But, but this is how your unworthiness shows up. Your unworthiness shows up like it's never gonna happen for me, like I, you know, it happens for other people, but not for me. There's something wrong with me. Nobody will ever love me. If I show them who I truly am, they won't want me, right? No, nobody's ever gonna really love me for me, right? They're gonna love me for what I do. They're gonna love me for how I perform. They're gonna love me for how hard I try. They're gonna love me for all the work I, like, right? right? But, but they're not gonna love me for who I am, right? So these are some of the different ways that our unworthiness shows up. And when, when you believe that you're unworthy or when you are holding on to those kinds of ideas about yourself, when your identity is wrapped up in ideas of scarcity and it can't happen and it's hard and there are no good men out there and on and on and on and all these different ideas, right? When your identity is wrapped up around all this stuff, relationships can only show up for you congruent to that place, right? Relationships can only show up as a reflection of that. But here's the thing, like if you look at that unworthiness, where did all of that come from? Well, you got afraid when you were little 
and you started to try to protect yourself. And then maybe you got humiliated at school. And then maybe when you were in sixth grade, you got a boyfriend and he rejected you and cheated on you with your friend. And, and maybe, you know, other things happen, right? And so what your ego has done is it's collected all these different experiences throughout your life. And it's painted a really scary picture about life. And this is why I say there's an imposter in your mind. There's an imposter in your consciousness because your ego has taken all the painful experiences of your past. It's filtered out all the positive ones, right? In the ego's mind, those aren't relevant. Those are just lucky breaks. Those are just flukes, right? But what the ego has done is it's collected all the painful experiences of your past. Everything you've ever been afraid of, every time you've ever doubted yourself, every time you've ever felt lost or abandoned or scared or alone. And the ego has told you that Unless you listen to it very carefully, all that stuff is going to happen again. And what we don't realize and what even the ego doesn't realize is that by collecting all of that and putting that in the forefront of your mind and having that be your primary focus in life, your primary concern in life, you are just recreating that over and over and over and over and over again. And so the thing is, is like the ego is trying to keep you safe in its own way, but it is not your friend. It does not have your best interest at heart. And all the things that the ego tells you are scary and that it tells you it's trying to protect you from and it tells you it's going to prevent them from happening again. Like all that's doing is recreating that stuff. And... Like you can look at your own life and see this if you really want to see it, right? You can look at all the things you've done frantically out of fear in relationships to try to get what you want, to try to get that person to like you, to try to get them to call you back, to try to get them to want to see you again, frantically feeling that you're not enough. And what can I do to get them to like me? What do I got to text them to get them to respond? What do I got to say to get them to ask me out again? from the place of feeling I'm not enough, from the place of feeling like it's not going to happen, from that place of fear and scarcity and self-doubt and worry and shame and your ego giving you strategies to try to overcompensate for all of that, to try to get what you want anyway. And if you really look at your life and you really look at all the times that you've fallen into this kind of pattern, you will see very clearly that that has only ever led to more of the same. Like, just ask yourself right now, did any of that fear and scarcity and shame and self-doubt and trying to protect yourself and trying to play the right games and say the right things and all, like, like, did any of that ever lead you to like a deep, passionate, loving relationship where you felt truly held and truly seen and truly wanted and truly cared for? Like, did any of that ever lead you there? And the answer will always be no. It just led me to more drama, more chaos, more fear, more unworthiness, more defensiveness, more sadness, more heartbreak. It always leads to more of the same. Always, 100% of the time. And yet here, and this is, this is the biggest thing is because like, no matter how much pain the ego leads you to, it's always going to tell you it has a solution right around the corner. And, and what, what the ego often does 
is it blames you for not getting it right. And this is when you think you're beating yourself up. It's not actually you beating yourself up. It's your ego beating you up, right? You ever heard that? Like stop beating yourself up. Well, it's not actually you beating yourself up. It's your ego beating you up. It's your ego going, you idiot. You didn't do it right. If only you had done blah, blah, blah. It would have worked out, but it didn't, blah, 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 right? That's what the ego does. So it tells you what to do. You listen and then it doesn't work. And then the ego blames you for not getting it right. And it says, now do it this way this time. And then the cycle just perpetuates itself on and on and on and on and on. And the, the core of what we're talking about today, as it relates to change, is the ego is constantly trying to perpetuate a past version of yourself and maintain the status quo, right? The ego doesn't want you to change. The ego doesn't want your life to change because the ego is addicted to what's familiar. And even if what's familiar is painful, there's a degree of safety in it because I know what I can expect. You see, some of you ladies out there, and I say this with love, I say this with nothing but absolute love, but some of you ladies out there are addicted to like going after this bad boy and you know before you even get started, it's not going to work out. Right? Like, you know, before you even get started that this bad boy is not going to love you. He's not going to treat you well. He's not going to give you what you want. He's not going to be consistent. He's not going to show up for you. He's not going to be committed. You know that before you even start. But the reason you keep chasing that type of person is because you're addicted to what's familiar. And there's a, there's a certain safety in what's familiar. So even though you know that this bad boy character is not going to love you and cherish you and honor you and respect you and treat you well. It's better to subject yourself to what's familiar all over again than it is to actually go for it with a different kind of situation and face the fear of that not working out, right? At least I know the bad boy is going to treat me like shit, but what if I actually go for like a good, loving, kind-hearted person and he still rejects me. Well, I don't know if I could handle that. You see, I could handle getting rejected by another bad boy. I could handle getting rejected by another asshole. But if I actually went for it with a kind, loving person, and they rejected me, I don't know if I could handle that. And I don't know who that's true for. It might be more true for some people than others. But if you really look, you'll see elements of truth in this. You'll see this, and it might not be that exact example, but you will see that you are doing this in your own way. In whatever way it's showing up for you. And so when you realize, when you realize that there's no winning in the ego, and when I say that, what I mean is there's no winning in this fear-based control manipulation structure, perpetuating my unworthiness, right? There, there's no winning in that. It is only going to bring you more of the same. Like those of you who are frustrated and disheartened and demoralized by dating right now, I want you to really hear me. And I say this with love. The reason that is your experience is because you have allowed the ego 
to direct this whole thing for you. The reason you are let down and frustrated and disheartened and demoralized and bitter and sad and heartbroken all the time is because you have allowed the ego to be in charge of your love life. And, and when I say that, I mean that you have allowed your fear, you have allowed your past identity, you have allowed your wounding, you have allowed the limiting beliefs that you developed based on fear-based experiences in your past to tell you who you are and what you can expect from life and love. And it has led you to a repetitive, never-ending string of disappointing and demoralizing situations. And if you can see that, if you can realize that, if you can connect the dots and be like, oh my God, you know, I haven't upgraded my dating game since middle school. Like seriously, like who really has, right? Like most of us are playing middle school games within an adult context. And the maturity level hasn't really changed, but the stakes are way higher now. And so if you can see that and you can see how that's happening, then there's really only one possibility from that place. And it, the only possibility that you really have is to open your arms wide and just let go. Just let go of all of it. Let go of everything you think you are. Let go of every painful past experience that you're afraid of happening again. Let go of all your fear of what if this happens or what if that happens or what if I get rejected or what if I get let down or just let go. Just let go of all of it. Let go of everything you're trying to control. Oh, I got to say this in a specific way to make sure I don't look like a blah, blah, blah. Let it go. Let go of all of it. Everything, every system and strategy that the ego has tried to devise to control and manipulate and protect you. You, you just got to drop it all. And you like arms wide open, throw yourself into life. And you say, bring me what's meant for me. If that's a heartbreak, I'm open to it. Bring it on. If that's being ghosted again or rejected again or whatever, like I'm open to it. Just bring it on. Like I'm done trying to control and manipulate and tiptoe around my pain and make sure that nothing ever hurts me. Like that just doesn't work. That just leads to more pain and I'm done. So whatever life has in store for me, bring it on. And I am going to open myself up to every experience. And I am going to feel each experience deeply and fully, and I am going to ride the wave of change. I'm going to allow my life to change rapidly. And so when I get involved with someone and that person is not showing up as the kind of person that I really want to share my life and create my dreams with, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to let that person go. I'm not going to say, well, maybe they'll change, or maybe if I just do better, or maybe if I just try harder, or maybe if I just say this, or maybe I shouldn't be so much like this. I'm just going to let them go. I'm going to ride that wave of change. I'm going to allow my life to rapidly change. I'm going to allow relationships to come into my life easily, and I'm going to allow relationships to go from my life easily. And yes, I will feel it. I will feel the excitement when they come. I will feel the sadness when they go.
but I am no longer going to resist the changes in my life. Because you've got to understand that resisting that change is literally keeping everything you want out of your life. You see, if you're, if you're in a certain place right now, and let's say maybe you've had dead-end experiences in dating, right? You're, you're, you, you have dead-end experiences in dating. You've been getting ghosted or rejected or you've been attracting narcissists or you've been involved in toxic situations or whatever it is, right? But if, if, you, are, if you are unhappy with the results that you've been getting in your love life or really in any area of life, but this is the conscious love show. So we're talking about that, right? But if you are unhappy with the results that you've been getting in your life, then recognize that those results are a reflection of a past identity. And if you want your results to change, you've got to change. You see, if you want to experience something in your life that you've never experienced before, you've got to become someone you've never been before. And this is what I'm going to tell you. And, and a lot of you aren't going to like to hear this because this is the way you become someone you've never been before is you go and you get your heart broken. That's a tough one, isn't it? There is something in a heartbreak that opens you up to a deeper aspect of yourself. There is something in a heartbreak. And, and I'm not necessarily saying that you go get your, you know, you go get involved with someone and let them like just walk all over you and destroy you. I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying is all the pain that you've been avoiding your whole life, all the wounds that you've been kind of tiptoeing around and trying to make sure that nothing ever touches you too deeply you start opening yourself wide open to all of that. You start saying, I'm not going to hide anymore. I'm not going to protect myself anymore. I'm not going to try to try to make sure nothing ever hurts me anymore. I'm going to open myself wide open to all of that. I'm going to have the courage to face it. And yes, I am fully aware that in the process of facing my fears and facing my wounds, my heart will get broken. Maybe it'll be by a person leaving you. Maybe it'll be by something else. But your heart will get broken. And what this is going to do is when you experience that heartbreak, when you go through that dark night of the soul, and rather than like, you see, we've all had our hearts broken, but most of us even put our heartbreak in the hands of the ego, right? So let's say you were involved with someone and they cheated on you or they left you or they ghosted you and you got your heart broken. Well, most of us even put our ego in charge of that heartbreak. And what the ego tells you is don't feel it. Don't open yourself up to it push it down. You see, the ego tells you things like, oh my God, why are you still feeling this? It's been three weeks. Get over it already. How many of you have ever said that to yourself? Tap that heart a few times if you've ever said that to yourself, right? You can start to, you can start to identify how the ego talks to you and the kinds of things it says. 
right? And so the, the ego says, oh, get over it already. You're so pathetic. Why are you still worried about them? They weren't even right for you. They're a toxic asshole anyway. Why are you letting this hurt you? Right? These are the kinds of things the ego says. But what your authenticity would say is, wow, I really opened myself to this person. Wow, I was really vulnerable with this person. Wow, I, I really shared my dreams with this person. Wow, I really, I really put my heart in the palm of that person's hand and they just crushed it. And man, that hurts. And man, it's, it's probably going to take some time for me to process this experience. And you know what? It's totally okay for me to spend some time processing this experience because as I'm processing this, I'm getting to know myself better. I'm learning how to love myself. I'm learning how to take care of myself. I'm learning how to meet some of my own needs. I'm developing my emotional fortitude. I'm developing my emotional strength. I'm creating a new identity and a new understanding of who I am. I'm realizing how fucking powerful I am. I'm reflecting and learning and understanding maybe some of my past mistakes. I'm understanding how it all got this way and why it all is this way, right? Like all of this is happening within that heartbreak. Like the, the biggest thing that will allow you to grow in life is going through that dark night of the soul. It's going through that, going through that, like losing everything. And you might not literally lose everything. And you might, I've had that happen once in my life where I literally lost everything. It was hands down the best thing that ever happened to me. So there's a, there's something that happens in confronting your own fear and confronting your own pain and, and facing up to the things you've been avoiding your whole life. There's something that happens in that, that opens you up to life, that it, it conquers your fear. Because here's the thing, when you've really had your heart ripped out a few times and like, let me just give some context. So when I was 18 years old, I went to jail. Okay. I was involved in drugs and a lot of stuff and I'll, I'll save you all the gory details. But I, one day I stepped out on my front porch of my house. I was 18 years old. I stepped out on the front porch of my house. The place is surrounded by police. They're holding rifles in my face. They have dogs next to them and they're walking up to the house saying, get on your knees, right? 18 years old, completely picked up from my life, dropped into a jail cell, I lost everything. I lost my house. I lost my friends. I lost all of my material possessions, all of my money, all of it gone in an instant. Best thing that ever happened to me. Best thing that ever happened in my whole life. That moment right there when everything was taken away from me. Why? Because the ego was running my life. You see, I had to face that. I've had some relational heartbreaks. I remember probably one of the most devastating heartbreaks I ever went through was when I got involved with this married woman. And based on where I was at the time, again, like now 
the person I am now looking back, I go, oh my God, what the fuck was I worried about? But at the time I met this woman, she was married. And in my mind, from my current perception at the time, I was looking at her like, oh my God, this is the most amazing woman I've ever met. Like, oh my God, if, if a woman like this wants me, I have to do absolutely everything I can to keep her. I, I never meet women like this. Or when I do, they're not usually interested in me, right? So here's, here's all this all the stuff going on in my mind, this is all ego, right? Everything I'm describing here, this is all ego. Here's a married woman, goes against my values, goes against what I stand for, goes against what I want, right? Like I don't want someone who's married, I want someone who's like available and like able to actually commit to a relationship with me, right? So I'm, I'm going against my principles, going against my values, going against what I really want in life because of all the scarcity that's in my mind of, oh my God, like I don't usually meet women like this and, or women like this aren't usually interested in me and, and now here she is and she likes me. I have to hang on to this, even if it means wrecking her family. And then she left me. One of the most devastating heartbreaks of my life. At the time, the way I was viewing that situation at the time, I thought, that I thought that the most amazing woman I had ever met just rejected me and that I would never find anyone like that ever again. You see, I thought that my one opportunity for true love had just left me. One of the most painful experiences of my life, one of the most painful heartbreaks of my life. My wife, and I've shared this many times, but my wife was diagnosed with cancer a few years ago. Right? I had to watch her lose her hair. I had to watch her go from this vibrant, beautiful, full of life angel to like so sick and, and like basically dying that she couldn't even like speak to me or get out of bed. I had to watch this happen right in front of my eyes. One of the greatest heartbreaks in my life. But now, so I've given you three examples of like major heartbreaks in my life. But let me tell you a couple of sides of those heartbreaks that I didn't speak about yet. Go back to when I was 18 years old and the police raided my house. I was, I was this close to suicide at that time, this close. I, I, wasn't, I was barely sleeping. I would sleep for maybe a few hours a night. I was using a lot of drugs. I, like I, I just, my, I, the people I surrounded myself with were manipulative and vindictive and just, I mean, the worst people you could ever be around smiling in my face, my best friend, the one day trying to steal from me the next. Right. And then every night at about 5am should say every morning, I would sit on my front porch and I would watch the sunrise and I would just pray. I, I didn't call it praying at the time. I was just asking. I was just being there. And I would just say, like, I don't know where to go from here. Like, I've dug myself in such a deep hole. And I, I don't even know how to get out. I, and I would think about, like, all my dreams from being a child and, like, the way I wanted my life to look one day. And I would think about all of this. And, and I, I would just, like, I, I can't imagine how any of that could ever happen for me. My life is just a freaking dumpster fire. I can't imagine how I could ever go from there to here. And then the police raided my house. 
So at the time, maybe one of the worst things that I would have ever imagined could have happened came to me as grace. I had to face my greatest fear in life. I had to lose everything. The whole life that the ego had built for me that was crushing my soul, I had to have it taken away from me so that something new could show up in my life. The police raiding my house was actually the answer to my prayers. That was the only way that I could have ever made it to where I am today was if something like that had happened. You know, I, I talked about the married woman, right? And how devastating it was when she ended it with me. Well, the night before she ended it with me, and I'll never forget this because even at the time I was like, well, you can't make this shit up. The night before she ended it with me, I was so in turmoil about this relationship because my integrity was threatened and my values were threatened. And I was, I was caught between her and her family and, and all this stuff. And, and I remember just laying in my bed that night, once again, praying and saying that I just, I just want love. And just like, just show me how to have love. Just show me how to find that way to love. And whatever that means, like, just bring it on. And so the next morning she called me and she ended it with me. Now, once again, the thing I did not want to happen, the thing I did not want to, like, like you know, if, if you'd asked me, like, the one thing I didn't want it in the world was to keep her. But the only way to get where I really wanted to go in life was to have her taken away from me. You know, if I, if I speak about my wife's cancer for a moment, it's like, oh my God, such a devastating thing. Who would ever want that? Well, if I look at how our relationship has evolved as a result of that, how much closer we have become, how much deeper our relationship has become, how much better we understand each other, how much more we've accepted each other, how, how much more we are there for each other, how, how I have stepped up to support her in ways that I couldn't have before, how she has stepped up to support me in ways that she couldn't have before, and how our relationship has grown as a result of that. In some ways, even that was an answer to some prayers that we had. And each of these examples that I'm giving was a time in my life where I had to confront my absolute greatest fears. And fortunately, and I think this is one of the greatest blessings because I grew through each of those experiences. I grew through each of those experiences. Now, some people don't. Like if I go back to when I was in jail, you know, I read probably over a thousand books in the time I was in there. I'm not even exaggerating when I say that. I studied my own legal work. I studied spirituality. That's where I first learned to do yoga. That's where I first learned to meditate. Like I, I used that time to literally improve myself in every possible way that I could. 
And I'd say the most of most of the people that were in there spent all day playing chess and playing cards and watching TV and bullshitting and you know working out. Not that there's anything wrong with that. I worked out too, but it's it's um I saw a lot of people wasting that time. You know, when you're in jail, the one thing you have is time. But see, most people even allowed their egos to be in charge of how they use their time in jail. I see it all the time. You know, someone someone will leave them. And rather than really opening up to the lesson, okay, how can I grow through this loss? How can I grow through this breakup? How can I better myself as a result of this person leaving me? We just cling to the person and we talk about what an awful person they were and how they never should have, how they never should have uh, done what they did and what a jerk or a narcissist they are and how they hurt me and how they devastated me and how, why couldn't they just stay with me? And so we don't really grow through the loss. We just dig our heels into the loss. And then eventually we get through it. I mean, eventually, like somehow, like over time, we just somehow recover from it. But we don't really heal. We don't really evolve. And so then what happens? You go create another relationship just like that previous one. Because you didn't use that heartbreak to level yourself up. You just became a victim to it. And I could say the same thing for my wife's cancer. And I remember at the beginning when she first got the diagnosis and we were first processing this and going like, oh my God, like, you know, like, how are we even going to handle this? And I remember we, that she said this and we both kind of made this agreement that we're going to go willingly, right? We're not going to resist this process. We're not going to fight this process, but we are going to go through this process together and we are going to allow this process to heal us to heal us as individuals, to heal the illness that was in her body, to heal our relationship in whatever ways our relationship needed healing. And that is exactly what happened. And so all the things that you fear in life, all the things that you try to avoid, all the ways that you try to control your life to make sure nothing ever hurts you, that is actually your opportunity to get to the life you want. And in speaking about change, what I want to say is change is always good. Change is always good. Every time something changes in your life, it is just bringing you a little bit closer to everything that you want. And when you can flow with that change, when you can allow that change to take place and not resist it, and it might be uncomfortable, right? A person's leaving my life and I love them. And I, I want—I thought we were going to spend more time together. I thought our relationship was going to go further than it did. And I'm, and I'm sad. And I, I feel the loss and I'm grieving that loss. But rather than making this experience wrong and fighting against it, I am willing to see that this experience is right. I am willing to open my heart to the experience and allow it to elevate me and evolve me so that on the other side of the experience, I can create something new. And I want everyone to hear this. 
wherever you want to go in life, if that's a deep, loving, committed, long-term, passionate relationship, if it's something else, wherever you want to go in life, your resistance to change is the only thing keeping you from getting there. I know that sounds like a bold claim, but life is always answering your prayers. Life is always answering your prayers and you don't even have to pray. Life is always responding to your deepest heartfelt desires, even if you never verbalize them, right? Life knows, God knows, the universe knows, even if you never verbalize it. And you might be in a relationship right now. Maybe you're involved with someone and they're inconsistent and they're hot and cold with you. And one day you're the greatest thing in the world and the next day they can't even you know, take the time to send you a text message. And you're feeling stress and you're feeling anxiety and you're trying to think, what can I do to get this person to pay me more attention? And you're all caught up in this. And your, your deepest heartfelt desire is saying, I want to be loved. I want consistency. I want passion. I want commitment. I want to build a life with someone. I want to share a life with someone. And the universe is responding to that, you see. Like if that's the desire that you hold in your heart, the universe is responding to that. And so as you're, as you're in this situation that's not what you want, it's not fulfilling, it's not making you happy, and you have these desires that you're holding in your heart, and the universe is up there calculating, going, what is the quickest way to get this person to that dream. And the universe might determine that the quickest way there is to remove this person from your life because that person is never going to be the person who's going to step up for you. And so that person has to go. And what determines how quickly you can get to that next better relationship or not is how easily you can let go of that person. Change is always good. Change is always bringing you closer to what you want. And all you have to do is stop resisting it. And yes, it's going to be uncomfortable. When you lose that person, you're going to feel that pain. You're going to feel that sadness. You're going to go through that dark night of the soul. Go willingly. Go willingly. Allow that, allow that heartbreak to break your heart open. You see, I shared about these three experiences, and these were probably three of the most challenging experiences in my life, right? Going to jail when I was 18 years old. Uh, having this married woman that I was involved with end it with me and um, and my wife going through her cancer treatment, right? These were like three of the hardest things I've ever been through in my life. And what each of those things taught me is that there's nothing I can't handle. You see, going through those experiences created an internal strength in me that has allowed me to get up and face life every day 
from a place of courage and power and strength and confidence and knowing that I can create anything. Because if I could go from an 18-year-old drug-addicted, hopeless criminal to where I am now, serving thousands and thousands of people every week in their love life, having an incredible marriage, creating this beautiful home that we live in, like starting a family, right? Like if I could go from there to here, there's nothing I can't do. And the only way I got from there to here was by riding the wave of change. You see, it wasn't, it was never my plan to be here. It was never my plan to be a relationship coach. It was never even really my plan to be married necessarily. Right? That was never my plan. That was where life brought me when I surrendered to it. When I gave myself over to it, when I said, life, bring me what's right for me. Bring me to where I'm supposed to be. Bring me to where I can make the greatest difference. Where my life can have the deepest meaning. And this is where I ended up. And even this is only for a second. It's only for a, a moment. And then it's going to change into something else too. And you see, if I get addicted to where I am now, and oh my God, I, I don't want to let this change. Well, then I'm just stuck again. Then I'm just limiting myself again. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to open up for questions. And the last thing I'll say, just to repeat what I've already said, the only thing standing between you and everything you want in life is your own resistance to change. Your own unwillingness to let the past go. Let it be done. When you can really learn that, really learn to let things go, really learn to accept the changes in life and move with them, life will bring you right where you're meant to be. Okay, so I'm going to open up for some questions now, and I've seen a few questions uh, come in already. So go ahead. Those of you who have questions, drop them in the chat. I'm going to scroll back through here and see if I can find some of the ones that came in earlier. And as always, I'll take as many as I can today. So first question we're going to start with is from Julianne, art historian, and she says, how do you let go? And this is going back to what I was speaking about earlier is like the willingness to just let everything go, right? And letting go is actually a practice, right? It's actually um, like it's actually something that you can learn how to do and that you you should do often. So what it really at least in the way it works for me, and other people may do it slightly differently, but in the way it works for me, letting go is a process of deep feeling without resistance. So what do I mean by that? Let's say you're going through a breakup or let's say like, for example, I, 
I really learned this during my wife's cancer treatment, actually. And I had, I had maybe been aware of it before, but I really, really learned to practice with this during my wife's cancer treatment. And so what do I mean by this? To let go is to, I would say, sit still, first of all, kind of in a meditative seat. Um, you want to stop the doing, stop the activity. And then what you want to do is you want to close your eyes. And I suppose you could do it with your eyes open, but especially if you're a beginner, maybe it's best to just close your eyes. And tune into your body. So again, maybe you're going through a breakup or maybe you're going through loss of a loved one or going through something else, but you're going through some kind of pain in your life, some kind of sadness, and you're in resistance to it, right? And then what you want to do is you want to sit again, meditative seat, close your eyes, go inward, check in with your body, and you want to ask yourself, what am I feeling in my body and where do I feel it? And you want to just start to observe the sensations and, and you'll feel all kinds of things. I mean, like when you really start to feel your feelings, and this is something that most people never do. Most people have never been taught how to do this. Um, most people have never even heard of this. It's, and it's actually one of the greatest life skills that you could ever learn is learning how to truly feel your feelings. Because what I want to say is your feelings are bigger and deeper than you ever imagined. And most of us, what we actually feel is like the tip of the iceberg. It's like we just, we might have this massive amount of feeling and, and what feeling really is, is it's energy, right? It's energy that gets created in our body based on our relationship with the external world. And, you, you know, we, there's really no resistance to positive feeling, right? So when, when the external world is showing up in a way that makes us feel good or excited or inspired, we're just, ah, yay, right? We don't, we don't really have a lot of resistance to positive feelings. They just kind of move right through us. Negative feeling, on the other hand, we have a lot of resistance to. And positive feeling, it's, again, it's the energy that's created by, between what's happening in the external world and your internal relationship with it. So something happens and you go, oh, I like that. And you create a lot of energy around it and you go, wee. And then something you don't like happens. You go, oh, I don't like that. And you create a lot of energy around it. And it feels rather than like an expansion and a, ah, like a, like a positive energy. It feels like a contraction. It feels like a tightening, like a closing down, like your heart is closing, like your being is tightening and closing and constricting. And that doesn't feel good. And so we kind of freak out. We go, ah, and then we're like, I don't want to feel that. And then we go, maybe I should go out with my friends. Maybe I should drink a bottle of wine. Maybe I should smoke some pot. Maybe I should, uh, you know, whatever, go, go run a mile on the treadmill or, you know, but we often try to do something to avoid that negative feeling. That's the, that's the mistake, right? That like that, that's the mistake we make because what we really need to do is let that negative feeling go. And we do that by feeling it fully. The same way a positive feeling just kind of moves through us, we want to allow the negative feelings to do the same thing. And so the letting go process would look like you sitting there, eyes closed, tuning into your body, saying, what do I feel and where do I feel it? And what will start to happen is you'll, you'll just notice a little something. Maybe it's like you feel it right along the line of your shoulders here like just kind of a kind of a tension, like you're holding on to something, right? Right here on the line of your shoulders, you might feel it. Or maybe you feel like a knot in your throat. 
Or maybe you feel like tingles in your face, like sometimes you'll feel like tingles in your face. Or maybe you'll feel like a, a pressure right here in your solar plexus, right? Or maybe you'll feel like a knot in your stomach, like almost like you're a little bit nauseous. Or maybe you'll feel like tightening in your back and you'll feel like pain in your back or tightening in your hips or in your feet, right? Or in your hands, right? So there, there are all different kinds of things you could feel. But what you start to do is you start to tune in to what you're feeling. So maybe just for example, you say, I'm feeling like a, just a pressure right here in my solar plexus, right? And so what you would do is you would put your attention on that place and you would actually allow yourself to open up to that experience. Whereas what we usually do automatically because it's uncomfortable and it's scary and we don't like it without even realizing it, it happens completely unconsciously, we just shut it down, right? So there might be that pressure happening there and we're just like, I don't wanna deal with that, just let me go distract myself, I don't wanna deal with it, right? And we shut it down, we repress it, we push it away. So what you wanna do is first ask what's there, right? What am I feeling? Where do I feel it in my body? Second, you identify something, you focus in on it, you invite it to get bigger so you actually feel deeper into it. And what you might notice is like, it starts out as a pressure here, and then it gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And it, it, might, it might start to move into your stomach or it might start to move into your chest. Again, it, it might make you feel sick. You might feel like you want to vomit. You might actually vomit sometimes. Like it does happen sometimes where you just need to purge something. Um, it, it could, it, again, it could be in your throat. It could move out into your shoulders and up into your head or it could be anywhere. But what you'll start to notice is that the feeling that you tune into when you open yourself up to it it starts to move and expand and get bigger and then it eventually dissolves. And so when I say to let go, going back to the question, the question was, how do you let go? When I say to let go, what I'm really talking about is anything you're going through in life. Okay. You're going through a breakup. You're going through a loss. Your loved one has cancer, whatever it is, right? You're, you're going through something that's uncomfortable, something that's scary, something that's painful. And First thing you do is you go willingly, right? You don't fight with it. You don't argue with it. You don't try to say it should be another way. You don't complain about it. You don't resist it, right? You say, okay, this is where life is taking me right now. And I'm going willingly. Then as you go willingly, you're present to everything you feel around it. And you're allowing these feelings to move through you. Now, I'll say this, when my wife was going through her cancer treatment, I did this basically every single day, sometimes for an hour a day. I was feeling so much and it was so heavy and it was so like hard. And I, to a degree, I did have resistance around it, right? So like I was working through a lot of stuff other things in my life, like I'm, I'm going through some stuff in my business right now. I've made some big investments with my business and, you know, there's some financial things and just like, you know, stuff that maybe gives me a little bit of anxiety. So as, as I'm going through that, I'm doing the same practice, but it's not taking me hours a day, every day. It's maybe a couple times a week. I'll start to feel the anxiety build. I'll start to feel the attention, the tension build, start to feel like I'm holding on to stuff. And when I can feel that in my body, and I've been doing this long enough now to know how it feels when it's in my body. And so when I start to notice that, I say, okay, instead of watching TV tonight, I'm going to sit and meditate tonight. 
And, and again, maybe I'll spend 45 minutes or an hour or maybe less, maybe 15 minutes. Right. But I sit with that and I just, I look for anything uncomfortable that I'm holding into my body. I consciously open myself up to that experience and I let it release. I let it move. And this is the process of letting go. What happens when you do this is you create a new relationship with your fear because I want everyone to get this. Like you are not afraid of that person leaving you. You're afraid of how it will feel when they leave you. That might seem like a small distinction. It's not. It's a huge distinction. It's everything. Because you're not afraid to lose that person. You're just afraid of the feelings that you'll have when you lose that person. But when you develop the capacity to be with anything you feel, you know, like I used to be afraid to feel. I used to spend my life running away from my feelings. That's why I became a drug addict in the first place, right? Because I spent my life running away from my feelings. When you are no longer afraid of your own feelings, there's no need to avoid anything in life anymore. You say, okay, that person could leave and that could hurt. And if it hurts, I know how to sit with those feelings. I know how to let that pain and let that sadness move through me. I know how to grieve the loss, release it and let it go. And I also know that on the other side of every dark night of the soul, I come out a hundred times better than I was before. And so not only do you not fear change anymore, you welcome it. You get excited about it. You realize that all you're dealing with are feelings. That's it. Your whole life is just made up of a bunch of feelings. Isn't that crazy when you really think about it? Like all the stuff that we think is happening, they come, they go, they love me, they don't love me, they want me, they don't, they like me. All the stuff that we think is happening the only thing that's really happening is your feeling stuff. The rest is just a mental hype. And when you can really boil down to the S or excuse me, when you can really boil life down to the essence of what you're actually experiencing, not your concepts about it, your ideas about it, your fears about it, your projections into the future, right? You just bring life back to what you're actually experiencing. You realize that the external stuff doesn't matter so much. You're just dealing with navigating your own feelings about it. And when you get really good at that, the world becomes your oyster. Because when there's nothing you're afraid to feel, there's nowhere you're afraid to go. There's nothing you're afraid to confront. There's no conversation you're not willing to have. There's nothing in life you're not willing to ask for. There's nothing in life you're not willing to walk away from if it's not serving you. You know, I, I've often said this, and I don't, I don't love to say this because it's not how I think about my marriage with my wife, and, but, but I think it's important to say because, because I think it's important that everybody understands this, is like, you know, my relationship with my wife is amazing. We love each other deeply. We treat each other very well. We take care of each other. We support each other. Like, we, we have like a real, true, solid partnership. And, and, and it's amazing. And I, I don't have any intention of it ending until, you know, the end of our lives. 
And at the same time, I am fully aware that if something were to ever happen where this relationship was not meant to go forward, that I could handle that. That I could be okay with that. Yes, it would hurt. Yes, it would be sad. Yes, it would be devastating. Yes, I would, I would cry and my heart would break. But I could go through that. I have every confidence that I could go through that. And I could come out better on the other side of it. And I say that again, not, I, don't, I don't love saying this because it's not how I think about my relationship with my wife. But I say this because I want you to really get it that, you know, a lot of us think that like, oh, well, once we find the right person, we're done. No, you're not. No, you're not. Because even that amazing relationship, even that relationship of your dreams is still going to challenge you into deeper and deeper aspects of yourself. It's not like, oh, I find the right person and then I live happily ever after. No, you find the right person and then you do some serious work with them. And then they trigger you and you trigger them and all kinds of stuff comes up and they get cancer. And I, I'm not saying that's going to happen. I, God, I hope that doesn't happen to anybody, right? But these things do happen in life. And this every, every challenge in life is an opportunity to bring you more into everything you want. And so it's about having the courage and the emotional fortitude to rise to those challenges in life. It's about being the kind of person who can confidently say that I don't know what life is bringing me, but whatever it brings, I'm here for it. Like whatever tomorrow brings, I'll be there. I'll show up for it. I'll be 100% with it. The secret to life is not getting everything you want and putting it all together so you have all your ducks in a row and everything's nice and beautiful and perfect and your ego is never uncomfortable. That is not the secret to life and your ego tells you it is, right? The ego says if you could just make enough money and live in a nice house and drive a nice car and get everyone's approval and everyone thinks you're great and you have a good relationship that they love you and adore you and worship the ground you walk on and you wear nice clothes and you look good and you have a great body and like, if you could just get all this and get all your ducks in a row, then you'd be happy forever. It's not true. You'd actually be miserable. It's, it's crazy to think, but if you actually got all that, you would be miserable because you would no longer have anything to grow towards. Your soul would no longer be expanding. And there are a few people in the world who have that life and look at how fucking wretched they are. I mean, like you, you look at the people who have that life, they're the most disgusting people I've ever seen. And it's because they're not growing. They're not becoming better. They're not being challenged. They're not deepening their soul. They're just superficial, shallow, poor excuses of a human being, in my opinion. So I know I got a little bit away from the question here. The question was, how do you let go? And I think I answered it. Um, but thank you for the question, um, Juliana, art historian. Um, thank you so much. Great question. So 99 Hiba says, does this apply to relationships with family members, especially dad and mom? This applies to everyone and everything. 
I'll just leave it at that. It applies to everyone and everything. There is not a single experience in life that what I'm talking about here does not apply to. It applies to every single person, every single situation, every single circumstance. Yep, that's it. I'm just going to leave it at that. It applies to everything. I'll just um I'll just continue here because uh, 99 Heba left a few comments. She says, I'm trying to change, but I feel like I'm not able to go farther. I still live with my parents because of the culture and financial limitations. It's so stressful living with them. I mean, I love them, but I can't cope with their way of living. Okay, amazing. So I'm going to challenge you a little bit here. And I, and I want to do, I'm going to challenge you with love. Okay. But first thing I want to say is there is, excuse me, there is a way to get out of your parents' house. I don't know what that way is. I don't know what that means for you. I don't know the circumstances. I don't know the situation. I'll just say there is a way for you to do that. It's possible. In the realm of all possibility, there's a way to do that. Now, the version of you that would be able to do that, and, and by the way, I wanna, I wanna clarify this because I'm talking to Heba right now, but I'm really talking to everyone. Okay, because her thing is getting out of her parents' house, but all of you have something in your life. All of you have something in your life, right? So I'm talking to her, but I'm talking to everyone. There is a way to get out of your parents' house. In the scope of all possibility, there is a way that it could happen. I could just as easily say, if you want that dream relationship, right? There is a way for that to happen. In the scope of all possibility, you want that amazing, loving, hot, passionate partnership who's going to love you and be committed to you and show up for you. That's possible. There is a way for that to happen. But Heba, talking to you here, you getting out of your parents' house would require a version of you that you have not accessed yet. Okay, the, um, what do I want to say here? It's the fact that you are currently living with your parents, that is a reflection of an old version of you. Okay, that is an old version of you and, and that living situation is a perfect reflection of that version of you. Now, having your own place, or maybe having a place with a roommate, or maybe finding a place with a partner that, uh, you, you know, whatever, whatever that looks like, that would be a reflection of a new version of you. And all you've got to do, if you want to get out of your parents' house, is let go of this old version of you and become the new version of you. This new version that has a different relationship with money because you said financial limitations, a different relationship with the culture because you said it's because of the culture. Maybe you move to a different culture or maybe you don't move to a different culture. Maybe you just change your relationship with that culture or maybe you change your relationship with money or work or what's possible for you or the kinds of jobs you could have or maybe you get some kind of education or you get some kind of training or... I'm just throwing things out here. I don't know your life. I don't know what your situation is. What I do know is that it's possible for you to have what you want. And this story you have, and I'm just going to point it out here. I still live with my parents because of the culture and the financial limitations. And it is so stressful living with them. These are your words, right? I want to say this. 
It is not the culture or the financial limitations that are keeping you stuck. It is your relationship with the culture and the financial limitations that are keeping you stuck. And I would say, someone says, I can't find a relationship because all the men out there are toxic and nobody's looking for the same things I want and people only want to play games. Look, it is not the fact that people are toxic. It is not the fact that people don't want what you want. It is not the fact that people play games that are keeping you from having the relationship you want. It is not that. It is not the narcissist. It is not all the excuses we give. It is not that. It is your relationship with all of that. It is you relating with it in a way that is tying you into an old identity, an old version of yourself, a limited scope of possibility in which you can't see what is available for you. And so going back to Hiba here is this is where you've got to choose to confront your fears. And I I don't know, like, again, I'm just brainstorming, right? But it might look like you going out to every single person in your community and being like, do you have any jobs I could do? It might look like you starting an online business. It might look like you going out and trying to get a roommate. It might look, if you have a job, it might look like you quitting your job and getting a new one. Like there are all different kinds of ways it might look, but I'm going to tell you however it looks. And again, I don't know all the details, but however it looks, what is involved in this is you being willing to go further than you've ever gone before. All the places in your life where you went a certain distance and then you said, I can't go any further. It's you being willing to cross that line. It's you being willing to stretch into unknown territory. It's you being willing to feel things and confront things that you've never wanted to confront before. And that's what will get you out of your parents' house. That's what will get you the relationship you want to have. That's what will get you the job of your dreams and so on and so on and so on. No matter who you are, no matter where you are, no matter what's going on in your life, if you want something that you haven't experienced yet, I said this earlier, you've got to become someone you've never been yet. And as a result of that, as a result of you becoming that new expanded version of yourself, you will then see the possibility that you didn't see before. So beautiful question, beautiful question, Hiba. Thank you so much for asking. Thank you so much for sharing with us about your uh, family and just your situation. And I say everything I shared with so much love because the truth is you deserve the life you want to have. You deserve that. Like it's, and you know, I, I think nothing Nothing like really gets under my skin more. It really frustrates me. Is to see someone not having the life they deserve because they're just too afraid to face their fears. Too afraid to get uncomfortable. Too afraid to feel something they're not used to feeling, which is really all it is. You know, you go asking people for jobs, you go quitting your job and starting a new one, like whatever it is, the only thing that's going to happen is you're going to feel things you're not used to feeling. That's it. You're like, oh my God, if I go around asking people for a job, they're going to judge me and they're going to criticize me and they're going to mock me and they're going to make fun of me. Like none of that really matters. Like the only thing that really matters is you're going to feel something that you're not used to feeling. You're going to feel something that's uncomfortable for you. 
And that's all. They might judge you. They might criticize. They might talk shit. They might not. But who cares? Because if you can deal with your own feelings around it and you can get clear, you're good. Who gives a fuck what they say? You know, I actually want to tie this in because so many people, like I always say, you got to talk about what you want. Like if you want love, you got to tell people you want love. Put it on your dating profile. Looking for a deep, passionate, committed relationship with an amazing man and not settling for anything less. I would put those exact words on your dating profile. And people are like, oh my God, how's that going to make me look? What are people going to think about me? I'm going to look so desperate. I'm going to look so pathetic. Who gives a fuck? Like really, who gives a fuck how you look to people who don't want a relationship anyway? You see, it doesn't really matter how you look to them. It doesn't really matter how you look because you're never even going to meet them. You're never even going to talk to them. It doesn't matter how you look. What matters is that you're going to feel something you're uncomfortable with just by the idea about how you're going to look. But when you can get comfortable with that feeling, it doesn't matter how you look anymore. I'm just true to myself. I'm just authentic. I say what I want. Why? Because I deserve to have what I want. I put it out there because I want people to know what I'm looking for so they could actually give it to me. I put it on my dating profile that I'm looking for a hot, passionate, loving, committed, long-term relationship with an amazing man. And I put that there so that when an amazing man sees it, he can message me. And there are going to be all these like non-committal you know, dudes that are playing the field who see it in the meantime and they go, oh, look at this pathetic girl. What's her issue, right? Who gives a fuck? Why are you worried about impressing them? I'll tell you why you're worried about impressing them. You're worried about impressing them because you're afraid of what it feels like to not impress them. And again, I say this with so much love, get over yourself. Seriously. It's not serving you. That whole need to make everybody like you and and like look great all the time, like it's not serving you. It's not getting you the life you want. Actually, all it's doing is causing you to attract more people that are not right for you. Because you're not being true to yourself. And so you're going to attract more people that are a reflection of that lack of truth. It's dishonest, right? I'm going to pretend to be something I'm not to get the approval of someone I don't even want. And then I'm going to be upset when I can't find what I'm looking for. How does that make any sense? It doesn't. It doesn't make any sense. And I'm not judging, right? I get this because this is all how the ego works. So I'm not judging. I'm illuminating. This is the best the ego has to offer. Everything I'm describing here, this is the ego's best strategy. But you've got you've to be wiser than that. You've got to be more connected to your truth than you are connected to your fear. All right, let me see what else we got here. Um, okay, great question. I love this one. This is from, I think it's Lysji77. I hope I'm getting that right. Lysji77. Something like that. Um, Excuse me if I butchered your name. I did my best with it. Uh, Question is, I'm, I'm in a better place now, but how many redirections does one have to go through? It's tough. 
I feel you on that. I do. And I can't say how many redirections you'll have to go through. I can't say that. I don't know what your journey is. I don't know where you are. I don't know how much growth you have to do, right? Like, I just don't know. You may need to go through a lot. But what I will tell you is there is a state of mind where it doesn't matter how many you need to go through, right? Like when you're, when you're going willingly, when you're going willingly, when you like, it's just, it's not about, because the thing that makes it hard is not dealing with what's happening right now. The thing that makes it hard is dealing with what's happening right now and then contrasting that with where you think you're supposed to be and what you think is supposed to be happening and trying to line up all the dots on the trajectory to get from here to there and wondering when is it going to happen and how long is it going to take me and why haven't I found it yet? And like, that's what's hard, right? It's, and, and that's all ego, right? The ego is the one that tells you in the first place, you should be somewhere other than you are, than where you are, right? So first of all, like, if we could just say that where you are right now is perfect, and some of you might struggle with that. Some of you might be like, where I am right now isn't perfect. Well, that's part of the misperception in your own thinking right there. But if we could say that where you are right now is perfect, and all you have to do is show up 100% for where you are right now, and the next step will take care of itself. And if you could, if you could just surrender into that and let that be your life, and you would be showing up moment to moment for what's happening right now, not needing to control it to make it turn into something else, not needing to manipulate it to go in a certain way or get to a certain place, but just I'm showing up with what's happening right now and I am responding to it fully from my truth and my authenticity and my commitment, right? And, and I'm just bringing that to every moment, no matter what the moment presents. You wouldn't be worried about how long it's going to take you to get there. You wouldn't be worried about why it isn't happening yet. You wouldn't be lining it all up and going, oh, what's going on? And why haven't I gotten there? And why am I missing the boat? And why did so happen for so-and-so, but it hasn't happened for me, right? Like that's all ego. That is all ego. And the ego tells you that where you are right now is not okay. That you need to be somewhere else. The ego says, you're lonely right now. You need a relationship. And so you go and get into a relationship and then the ego starts telling you everything that's wrong with your relationship or, or the ego will, you'll, you'll go on a date with someone and they'll be a perfectly fine person, but the ego will point out all the things that are wrong with them and all the reasons they aren't enough for you or all the reasons you need something better. Blah, blah, blah. Like the, the ego is just never ending chaos and nothing is ever enough for it. Nothing is ever good enough. A lot of people think they're going to be happy when they get into a relationship, but they get into a relationship and they're still miserable. Why? Because nothing changed. You just took the same person that was single and miserable and put them into a relationship and now they're in a relationship and they're miserable. But nothing changed. Right? Like this is what you've really got to get is all the solutions that the ego offers you are empty. It's not about getting into a relationship. It's about being in love. And I don't mean being in love with someone. I mean being in love, P. 
period. Being in love in your life, period. And if you get really good at being in love in your life, then of course you're going to be able to have a relationship with someone. People want love. If you got it, people are going to be asking for it. Like it's, it is so, the truth is so simple. And our fear and our egos make it so complex. So I want to go back to the question and I, I get it. It's hard. And, and like, I want to say like, I'm not operating over that. I have a lot of compassion for the struggle. I have lived the struggle. I still live the struggle sometimes. Okay. I, I am not free of ego by any means. So I feel you and I hear you and I am sympathetic and compassionate to what you're going through. And I know it's hard, but I want you to understand what's making it hard. It's not hard to be single. It's not hard to go through a breakup. But it is hard to be single while telling yourself that you shouldn't be. While telling yourself that something's wrong with you because you're single. While telling yourself that you're never going to find what you're looking for. While telling yourself that if you were good enough, it would have happened already, right? That's hard. Being single is not hard. Being single and doing all of that on top of it is hard, right? Dating is not hard, but dating while constantly looking at your time clock and, and thinking it's running out and, and assessing how everyone doesn't measure up to what you're looking for and, 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 you know, being afraid that like the scarcity of like, I never find a good connection and, and I only like the people who don't like me and the people who like me, I don't like them back. And like, Dating and living in all of this is hard, but this is what I say. It's not about what's happening on the outside. It's about your relationship with what's happening on the outside. And the answer is so much simpler than you think it is. It's literally just accept where you are right now. Feel whatever you're feeling around it. Feel it fully. Let all the feelings move through you. If they're gross, disgusting, constricting, ugly feelings, let them move. Just let them go. Just let them... If you need to cry, cry. If you need to beat a pillow, beat a pillow. If you need to scream, scream. But let the energy move. Feel it all. And then accept where you are right now. And respond to it with love. Be in love in your life. Whatever that is right now. Wherever you are in your life right now, this goes for everyone. Wherever you are in your life right now, try to love it. Just try to love it. If, and if you can't love it, at least accept it without resistance, without saying it should be any different. This is where I am and it's okay. And then from that place, start looking for the opportunities to have it be amazing right now. Like I, I, of, I often share this, like when I was single, Yes, I had moments of loneliness. You know, I remember those nights being alone in my bed, you know, 
being single for months, haven't been touched by another human being in six months, right? And just feeling alone and, and feeling like I wanted someone to be there and, and like just feeling that sadness or that loss or that emptiness. And I definitely had those moments. And when I had those moments, I would be with them. But my life was freaking awesome. Like, and, and I'm, I'm very grateful to be in a relationship now. I'm very grateful for the relationship I have with my wife. I think it's amazing. It's everything I've ever wanted in a partnership. And it's a beautiful gift. But I wouldn't have gotten rid of years of my single life to get here sooner. Like, I look back at that time now and I was like, oh my God, like, thank God for that time. Like, thank God for that time. It was some of like the best times of my life. Journeying, exploring, adventuring, like it, learning, growing. And there will always be a reason that you could look at what I just said and you could go, yeah, well, I get that, th that it was that way for you, but it's not that way for me. And here's why. And you can have all your justifications and you can have all your reasons. And I get it. And like, and like what I want to say is if you want to have that habit, I'm not going to try to take that from you, but know that it doesn't have to be that way. And if you don't know how to get there, right? Like you're like, okay, I, I understand that I could have a better perspective of my situation but I don't know how to get there. Well, get committed to learning. And none of this happens overnight. None of it is a poof magic solution. But get committed to learning. Start now, start today. Make that commitment to yourself that you know what? I am gonna fall in love with my life. With or without a relationship. If it looks the way I want it to, if it doesn't, I am going to fall in love with my life. That's my commitment. And I may not feel that 100% of the time, but that's going to be my primary commitment. And I'm going to work towards that as much as I can. And I'm going to, you know, do a program or hire a therapist or a coach or read lots of books or whatever I got to do. Like I am going to learn how to do this. I am going to expand my consciousness and expand my awareness Make that commitment to yourself. And if you want a relationship, that's the easy way to get there. Or I, No, let me rephrase that. That's not the easy way to get there. That is the easiest way to get there. Or I could say that's the only way to get there, really. Because... I want everyone to hear this. This might be the most important thing I say all day today is until you can be in love with your life right now, thinking you're going to be in love with your life when you get a relationship is a fallacy. You'll get lots of relationships. And like, by the way, if you really look at your life, you've had lots of relationships. None of them have been what you wanted them to be. And we keep telling ourselves, well, the next one will be better. The next one will be better. The next one will be better. No, it won't. It'll be the same as all the other ones were. Until you fall in love with your life and you bring that to a relationship, every relationship is going to feel just as empty as your single life did. Because once again, I keep coming back to this. It's not about what's happening outside of you. It's about your relationship with what's happening outside of you. It's not about learning to be in love with someone else. It's about learning to be in love, period. 
And when you learn to be in love, you will be able to bring that to a relationship. And that is the point where a relationship will not make you happy, but it will be able to expand your currently existing happiness. Right? So it's not like I'm not happy, I'm not fulfilled, I'm empty, and you're going to fill me up. No, it's like I'm happy, I'm in love, I love my life, I have a great life, I'm passionate, and the right partner is going to expand that. It's going to give me a space to share my happiness. But it's not the solution to the problem. It's a reflection of the solution. Right? You don't go find a relationship to find the solution. You find the solution and a relationship shows up as a reflection of that. And to bring it back to the topic for today, because this is, it's very, very important that everyone understand this, is that the way to that solution is by allowing change to happen, confronting those things that you're afraid to face. You know, I, I always say this, and I'll, I'll end with this today. What was it I was going to say? See, I always say it and then I forgot. <laughs> um, must not have been that important. But what I do want to do, um, maybe, maybe I'll come back to that. I just want to, there's this question here that I do want to speak into. And then that's actually funny. The reason I lost my train of thought was because I was reading this question. And, um, and I want to speak into it. So I'll, I'll speak into it and then maybe it'll come back and maybe it won't, but whatever. Um, this question, multiple financial blows followed by cancer diagnosis and more financial blows feeling like life won't let up. How can I feel better? And yeah, it's, uh, I, I read this question to just totally grab my, grab my train of thought, but I, I guess that means I need to speak into it. Right. So, um, first thing I want to say is like, I, I hear you and I feel you and and I just, you know, I, I hate to be the one to look at someone who is really suffering and just throw like some positive thinking stuff on top of it and be like, just think positive. Like, I think like that is such a bullshit thing to do to a person. So I don't want to tell you that. You are, you are going through a real dark night of the soul right now. And as I've been speaking about today, these processes, when we go through these, you know, there's a difference between like the kind of daily anxiety we carry and our daily fears and our daily kind of stuff that we carry, right? And then there's that. And then there's actually going through like a real dark night of the soul. And I've been through several of these in my life as I've shared already today. So I, I know the difference. And what I want to say is there might not be a way for you to feel better right now. There might not be a way to make this experience better for you right now. But the best thing you can do with where you are right now is feel what you're feeling completely. 
you know, I, I shared that when my wife got her cancer diagnosis that we talked about this and she, and she said this, she's like, I want to, I want to go willingly. Right. And I was like, that sounds right. And I was like, let's, let's go willingly. Right. Let's, let's accept this. Let's allow this. Let's not resist it. Let's go on this journey together. Right. Let's go on this journey of cancer treatment together. And what I want to say is in your own way and you know, your life is not our life and it'll be unique to you, but you've got to do that same thing in your own way. You've got to go willingly. You've got to allow this to happen. You know, you can't fall into the thoughts of this shouldn't happen or why is this happening or why isn't happening to me? You like, you cannot be a victim to the experience that is only going to increase your suffering. You have the opportunity right now to go through a major, we could call it an initiation into higher consciousness, or we could call it a, a leveling up that could take place. But you have the opportunity to experience that right now. And on the other side of this diagnosis, and as you figure out the finances, whatever that looks like, and, you know, maybe you need to ask for help or, you know, I, like, again, I don't know. And I have, I have a lot of love and, and compassion, and, and I just, I wish you the absolute best in what you're going through. But as you navigate this situation and you feel all of it fully, and you allow it to move through you and, and you, you really, you don't resist any aspect of it. This, like all things in life, will change. Right? So you were in a place and the place you were in changed into the place that you are now. And the place you're in now is going to change into something else, right? And it's going to become a different place. That will happen. You can't stop that. That is life. That change is going to happen, right? You will not be where you are right now forever. The question is, who will you be on the other side of this? Will this experience have, has, will this experience have served as an incredible initiation into levels of higher consciousness? Will this experience have served as a way of leveling yourself up, of increasing your identity and your view of yourself and your view of life and your understanding? Will it have deepened your wisdom? Or will it have made you less because you resisted it and you became bitter and you became a victim to it? This will change. There's no doubt about that. So if you could look at it like this, you're going through a process right now. You're going through a life process, a very difficult one. And the question is, how are you going to use this life process? How are you going to relate with this life process? Is it going to increase you as a being? Or is it going to restrict you even more as a being? Now, there's, there's a lot I could do to talk about this that I just don't have the time for today. Um, but I would, I would say, you know, make a commitment to yourself to grow through this experience. Seek out coaches and teachers and healers who can help you on this journey. And read lots of books, you know, study, learn, grow. And you will be completely different on the other side of this. 
and lots of love to you as you as you go through this, what, what is a very real life challenge. So I'm going to end with that today. Um, I guess whatever I was going to say before wasn't that important because it's completely gone now. <laughs> um, but that's fine. It, it doesn't matter. I, I, think, I think we got the point across today. Um, thank you so much, everybody, for being with me. It's really great to be back. It's been a while since I've been live, and it's, it's just good to be live again. Um, so hello again to all of you on Instagram. Thank you for being with me today. Hello to those of you who are on the podcast and um, and listening to this in your own time, in your car or on your way to work or at the gym or wherever you listen to it. Thank you for being with me as well. Um, sending so much love to all of you, wherever you are, whatever you're going through right now. Um, yeah, so much love. And I just hope you're having a fantastic, uh, fantastic rest of your week and whatever that looks like for you. So um, much love, everybody. Thank you for being with me today. I'll see you back here next week. Thanks again for checking out the show. Please subscribe on whatever platform you listen to podcasts on the most. And I would love it so much if you leave a review and tell people what you think of us. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at The Living Relationship to connect more closely. And I'm grateful to be supporting you on your journey to love.